It's not often that the words orchid and ugly are used in the same sentence. This is Quentin Wheeler for the Species Hall of Fame. The name orchid itself conjures up images of showy, delicate flowers of spectacular beauty. And this is true of many orchids, of course. But the family Orchidaceae includes an astonishing diversity of flowers, from the big and colorful to the small, greenish, inconspicuous. In 2020, the Royal Botanic Gardens Kew introduced what they described as the ugliest orchid on earth. More about it in a moment, but first, a little about orchids in general. How many kinds of orchids do you suppose there are? I'm not talking about artificial hybrids created by humans in greenhouses, only those distinct kinds or species that occurred naturally in the wild. Hundreds, you say? Not even close. A thousand? Keep going. To date, taxonomists have discovered and named about 28,000 species of orchids, and more are added each year. While this number is attention-grabbing, what is even more impressive is the diversity among orchids in form, size, and color. The rare beauty of orchids that we admire exists for a necessary function, to attract insect pollinators. Almost all orchids are perennial, with shoots and leaves emerging from a rhizome. Some are evergreen with leaves persisting and functioning for more than a year. The visible parts of others die back at the close of each growing season. There are terrestrial orchids that grow on the ground in soil or other sediments, and epiphytic orchids perched on tree limbs high in the canopy. Their flowers have three petals. Two lateral ones called wings resemble each other, but the third, middle petal, is another story. This one, the labellum, or lip, is often hugely modified for the benefit of pollinators, frequently with a sac bearing nectar and brightly colored and or scented tissues. Seeds are tiny and dust-like. Some orchids are dependent upon one or a few pollinator species. Others attract a variety of pollinators. Most have a mutualistic symbiosis with a fungus. And in extreme cases, a few get all their nutrients from the fungus, effectively becoming parasites. The attraction of huge, come-and-get-me orchids are obvious to bees, flies, and us. But the sex life of orchids is far more interesting than anything dreamed up in a steamy romance novel. The details of the intricate dance between flower and insect being far more complex and unlikely. There are markings invisible to the human eye, for example, that shine like beacons in the ultraviolet part of the spectrum, guiding insects onto the orchids as efficiently as lights on an airport runway. And there are chemical signals, too. Compounds exist among orchids that mimic sex and aggregation pheromones used by insects to find one another and converge upon sources of food. Such contrivances are at play, even among small and inconspicuous orchids. Malaxis monophylos, for example, relies more heavily on chemical attractants than billboard-like flowers. It is the only species of the genus occurring in Europe and has one of the smallest flowers of any orchid on the continent. Malaxis includes about 300 species, mostly in the old and new world tropics, with small greenish colored flowers only 3 to 10 millimeters across. Their scent, reminiscent of mushrooms, is bolstered by alkanes among which are compounds resembling insect pheromones. Another example, Dracula lafleurii, has a flower that both looks and smells like a mushroom, attracting flies that are typically associated with real mushrooms. And in the genus Bulbophyllum are flowers that variously smell like urine, blood, dung, or rotting flesh, which attract hordes of flies. 
Charles Darwin's 1862 book on the various contrivances by which British and foreign orchids are fertilized by insects and on the good effects of intercrossing is a classic. Its enduring popularity among both collectors of books and orchids is measurable monetarily, with first editions fetching more than $1,000. Now, back to the ugliest orchid. Orchids of the genus Gastrodia are terrestrial, lacking leaves, consisting of fleshy underground rhizomes and upright stems bearing some number of brownish flowers that twist and rotate as they develop to end up on their backs rotated about 180 degrees by the time they are fully open. They are mycotrophic, that is, they get their nutrients through a symbiotic relationship with a fungus. The genus is native to Asia, Australia, New Zealand, Central Africa, and islands in the Indian and Pacific Oceans. About 90 species have been named so far. Now, the envelope, please. In the category of most ugly orchid, the winner is Gastrodia agnocellus. Based on the photographs that I've seen, I would have to agree. Its flowers are both small, less than half an inch across, and but ugly. They have been accurately described as brown, fleshy, and grotesque. My own first impression was of a lump of gristle chewed up and spit out. What this disgusting orchid lacks in corsage appeal, it more than makes up for in fascinating natural history. It is likely pollinated by flies, who, judging from my trash and my dog's droppings, are not very discriminating when it comes to appearances. The orchid is found in Madagascar, where it spends its life underground in the shadows of a humid forest, emerging only when it is time to flower. Its scent is said to be musky and rose-like. If you want to see a picture of this particular version of Ugly, it is easily located on the internet. In what may at first seem oxymoronic, the specific epithet actually means little lamb or lambkin, evoking entirely different feelings than the appearance of the orchid. But this name is a clever one. It has three meanings, pointing to a woolly covering on the rhizome, lamb ear shaped petals, as well as honoring the name of the talented botanical illustrator, Deborah Lampkin, who drew the new species. This is Quentin Wheeler, bringing you the good, the bad, and the ugly in the Species Hall of Fame.